What is going on, guys? My name is Mac. Across from me, virtually, LifeLog Prime Basketball Connoisseur Garrett Howell. Unfortunately, today we do not have our producer, president, executive owner of All You Need to Know, the show where you talk about everything and learn about nothing when eaten. We do not have him. You know, I think I'm going to start. I'm going to gradually build up going through Quinn's titles and accolades and brand owning as fast as I can. Maybe by like the 25th episode, I'll just say it within like half a second to where nobody can understand me. I'm That'd just be getting... maybe the most impressive thing ever. I'm, I'm getting faster and faster every week at saying it. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be fast. I don't know. I did notice that that was very quick compared to usual. That was boom. <laughs> there it was. That was yeah. quick. But anyway, guys, this is the Press Breaker Podcast. Coming back at you guys with the eighth episode, right, Garrett? Eighth episode, third episode of the series we began. Yeah, third so. episode of going through the bottom barrel F-tier teams and seeing what they can do this season and seeing how, you know, they can maybe get themselves back on the right track. But anyway, guys, if you read the title or the description, you know who we're talking about today. We're talking about the Minnesota Timby Wolves, the old, the old Timbers, owned by A-Rod, well, part owned by A-Rod. I wonder why a baseball player owns a basketball team. Yeah, why didn't KG just own the whole team, man? I don't think Glenn Taylor likes him, so Glenn Taylor's just like, nah, sorry, can't have him. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, to be or, fair. Or right. also, they didn't put that high of a bid in. I mean, that's another possibility. Yeah, So that's true. But to be fair, I don't know if I'd, I'd like Kevin Garnett, too. He's kind of mean. Yeah, Poor he's kind of... He, he, I like Kevin Garnett, but he is a jerk. Yeah, like, oh, he's mean. Very well known as one, so... Yeah. But anyway, guys, hope you're doing well. Pressbreaker podcast, as I said, back with our eighth installment. Uh, yeah, we're talking about the Timberwolves today, man. And uh, this team, yeah, yeah, not not the greatest. This is my favorite team too, and it. I already texted Mac. I told him there's no biases today. We're just laying it out, like how I, I'm going to call it, how I think it is, and we're just going to see what happens because there's nothing to sugarcoat anymore. I love D'Angelo Russell. He's one of he's probably my favorite player, and that's why I like the Timberwolves. But there's nothing to be biased about anymore. They suck, and there's a reason. So we got to figure it out. Yeah, and that's all there is to it. We got to dissect it. We got to go in. We got to tell them what they're going to do to be better. And you know, who knows? Maybe A Rod's watching this, and maybe we get a front office contract off this episode. You never know. He might be taking notes. You never know who's listening. That's right. Yeah. But anyway, Gert, go ahead. Recap me what happened last year for the Timberwolves. Listen, the roster. Outside of the starting lineup, wasn't perfect anyways. Nobody can deny that. That's just how it is. No really good role players off the bench. They had dudes that would just fill spots, and maybe they scored 10 points, and then you're like, well, they're not going to do that consistently, and that's just how it goes. And the biggest problem is injuries. Like the Timberwolves, since they don't have a good bench, or since they didn't have a good bench last year, if they were hurt, like their starting lineup was hurt, then that was it. They were going to lose no matter what. So that's like the biggest issue with them, and now you're in a position where you have Malik Beasley, you have D'Angelo Russell, you have Cat, and then you add Ant in. So I would say you are at a point now where if they continue to get hurt, you scrap it in a year or two. You at least give it one, like this this next season, you give it a full go. And again, if they can't stay healthy, then you've got to start dishing people out because there's no point in going through this endless cycle where you have really good players that play good together, but if they're never on the floor together, then what's the point? So that's really where I'm at with them right now. 
And I want to get what you think real quick before we really dive into the roster moves they've made this offseason. Well, okay, so you look at the you look at the stats last year. And you know, obviously the first thing that really pops your eyes Malik Beasley. Um good guy, only played 37 games. Unfortunately, how long was the season? 72 games, I think, or something like that. Uh, the highest games played they have is Nas Reed. He had a uh, 70. So yeah, 70, 72, somewhere in there. Uh, Anthony Edwards it says has 72 games. If I'm looking so maybe at the that, same. yeah. Uh, I think I I think it was a 72 game season. We really should know that we're a basketball podcast, but you know, who cares? Anyway, Part of yeah, it. that uh, that's really the only eye popping thing. Well, on the positive side, Lake Beasley, good player. We'll get into that in a minute. But eye popping on the Bad side has got to be Jarrett Culver. 5.3 points a game. Shooting splits from the field aren't terrible. Shooting splits from three are terrible. Shooting splits from the free throw line are terrible. And, you know, you look at this guy. The Timberwolves, if I'm not mistaken, drafted him with the... Seventh seventh overall. Okay, seventh overall. I was going to say fourth overall. But, yeah, seventh overall pick Jarrett Culver in his, what is the second season? Yeah, last year was his second season. Yeah. Averaging 5.3 points a game. If you're a top 10 pick, and I mean, he was better than top 10. He was the seventh pick, right? So that's a little disheartening to me. Um, also, you know, going down the list, Josh Akogi, who I know isn't exactly known for his offensive prowess, only 5.4 points a game. I'm pretty sure he played a good amount of minutes in those games. Shooting splits for him, terrible. So... When you look at your young pieces that are supposed to be developing, you're kind of, you know, kind of in awe about how bad this is going so far with uh, Josh Akogi and Jarrett Culver. But you look at the bright side, you've got this hot new rookie, well, was rookie, Anthony Edwards, who is actually really good at rapping, too. I don't know if you've heard any of those snippets on Twitter or Instagram, but he can spit game. He he's a pretty good rapper, I'm not going to lie. And it's really sad that he openly talks about how he doesn't like basketball because, <laughs> man, is he good at it. Um, For somebody that doesn't like it that much, like his, like how he puts off his persona, he is really good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, should he have been Rookie of the Year? Maybe, but, you know... It's I'm it's glad. a debatable topic in my opinion for rookie of the year. You might as well go with availability because that's just, I don't know like especially when the stats are so similar. You might as well go with it. Yeah, I agree. But, I don't know. But anywho, rookie campaign amazing. You know he's averaging nineteen point three points, four point seven rebounds a game, three assists, a steal a game, only committing two turnovers when he's a pretty ball dominant player. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Not a bad rookie season at all. I cannot wait to see what he does. But, you know, you got two negatives, and I guess that makes a positive. You got the two negatives in Josh Akogi and Jarrett Culver. You got your positive out of Anthony Edwards. So, you know, coming off last season, they definitely have room to grow. There's not really much room for them to go down, in all honesty. There is no. You can't go down. I mean... When your big three, air quotes, like not including Ant in that, when you have your like established players, Cat, D'Lo, and Beasley, play, I think maybe they played 10 games together over the season. Like some, 
I'm sure it was more. Like, I, I couldn't find the exact stat. I tried to look it up, couldn't find it. But I can promise it was, like, I mean, I don't know. It's tough because Beasley played 37, D'Lo played 45, and then Cat played 50. But obviously those games don't have to be at the same time. That's the problem. I wish I could find that stack. I really want to uh-huh. know. But I do know at one point D'Lo and Cat's record together was 3-3, three and three, and that was like halfway through last year. So they had had a year and a half to play together. Almost. And yeah. they had a record of 3-3 three and three together, which is absurd. It's absurdly bad. Yeah. It's awful. So now that we're now that we're past free agency and pretty much every team is set unless somebody wants to make a splash from trading, which you know, we can't really uh we can't really predict that. However, before we get too deep into this, did you see where the Celtics said they are willing to throw everybody and everything at Portland except Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum for Damian Lillard? I did not see that. That's and... that's pretty interesting though. That is very wild, and maybe that's also why they signed Marcus Smart to such a big deal, to have a little more money to throw around mm-hmm. to get fame. Yeah, I mean, you're talking, about, a... you're talking about a trade for, like, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, Peyton Pritchard, and then maybe a couple picks if they have any left for Dame. Who oh, says no? You know, who says no in that? That's a pretty decent deal for Portland, considering I don't think Portland is getting back to where they were. I, I don't think – I think it's more of a are you going to blow it up now or are you going to fail for a couple more years and then blow it up? Yeah, I, if I was the uh, Portland, I would say no just on the basis of I would move CJ first or try to and yeah. then see what happens because I think that's where they have to go first. Like you don't – if you're uh, the Trailblazers and you have a player like Dame, you don't move uh, – Dame first. That's just a no-no. You, you uh-huh. can't just move, you can't move him first when you have CJ to move as well. So I would say no in that aspect. But that is a good offer that you've put together there. I like that. Yeah. Like that's the most they're going to get back from anybody if they were to give up Dame. Mm-hmm. I agree. But you know, that's a topic for another day. I just wanted to bring that up. Just give the people out there, in case they haven't heard that, that you know you might be seeing Dame in a green jersey. In a few Gross. weeks, that would, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know about that. But anyway, so now that, like I said, now that free agency is over and the only thing we can get are trades to change teams up uh, besides some free agency signings from, for like, into the bench guys or whatever vets, what do you predict will be the starting lineup for the 2021-2022 Minnesota Timberwolves? All right, so I think that it will be D'Angelo Russell at the point. Uh, you know, they ditched Rubio, so he wouldn't start, and I don't think Patrick Beverly is a good starting point guard in this league anymore. I think he's a solid bench guy, and that's fine. Like, that's Hang on, his role. real quick, where did Ricky Rubio go? I forgot to look that up. Can't remember. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Oh, well. I think that it's in the East, but I don't know. Uh, oh, he went anyways. to the Heat, didn't he? Nah, nah, nah. I don't want to be spreading false info. I don't think it's the Heat. Never mind. All right, continue. Sorry. Uh, so I would say, and they like with Rubio last year, they tried bringing Dilo off the bench, but that ended up being pointless because he just played all his minutes with the starters. Anyways, they'd bring him in two minutes in, and he just played the starters like he's a starter. So that was like a waste. Like some Lou Williams like, six man of the year strategy. Yeah, bring him it, in two minutes in and play starter it, minutes. And it didn't work. So why keep doing it? Is my thought. So start him if you're going to play him starter minutes. Uh, 
And then you have Ant. Then you have uh, Malik Beasley. And then I would say you go Jaden McDaniels because he is a heck of a defender. Yeah. I mean, he did, he didn't average a ton of points, but like that was not his role last year. His role was not to score. His role was to play defense and play valuable minutes. And I thought he did it. He really like surprised me. I didn't expect much from him, but he like uh, outdid himself as much as he could for yeah. only averaging I mean, seven points. Yeah, I boards. mean, for yeah. a big thirty-six percent from three is pretty good. You know, the, that's fitting into your role pretty correctly. I would say. Yep. So I would say he's perfect for the four spot when you have. That are, there are three scores I've already named, and then you throw Cat in there as well. Like you don't need a fifth or four, yeah, a fifth scorer. You need the for sure defense, and that's what he gives you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would go D'Lo, Bees, Ant, uh, Jade McDaniel's, and Cat, and that would be my starting five. And then I think that sets your bench up pretty good when you've brought in Pat Bev, uh, you brought in Tarian Prince. Uh, you know, Nas Reed is getting better. He's a solid young big. You have Josh Kogi, and then you have. Jalen Noel and Jordan McLaughlin, uh, I don't know, like we talked about beforehand, McLaughlin says F.A. on the roster, so he might be an R.F.A. Don't know if he's for sure. Washington, he is a sniper. I mean, I, I had never heard of him beforehand, but he can shoot that rock very well. So that's a very solid bench piece to have. Um, yeah, I think... Uh... Could do at this point. Yeah, I uh, I forgot that Jared Culver is not on the team anymore. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, so that was kind of a mistake when I was going over the uh, last season. Well, I mean, it was I good that we talked about it because yeah. it sucked. Yeah, he he sure did. Um, for the best that he's out of there, probably to be honest like, with you. Like I got mad at the Pat Bev for Culver move because I don't like Pat Bev, but it makes sense. Like we talked, like you had pretty much more I thought about it and the way you texted me about it. Like it makes sense because Culver sucks. I mm-hmm. hope that he gets better, but like he was awful for the team. I mean, averaging five points is one thing, but averaging five points shooting as horrendously as he did is another. Like, yeah, gotta I agree. Had and, to. and when you talk about their starting lineup, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all on that. I think that's really the only way to run it. Um, the only thing I would maybe say is don't start Jaden McDaniels or Jalen. Is it Jalen or Jaden? Jaden. Jalen's on the Hornet. Okay. Um, yeah, don't start Jaden McDaniels and maybe run Cat at the four, Ed Davis at the five, or vice versa. Um, because, you know, Ed Davis, he gives you good minutes when he's in. He doesn't have to play a lot, but him being out there from the jump with those young guys, I think he could do a lot. I think his talking on the court could do a lot for those young players. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's really a life or death scenario here. I think you can really flex what you start. And, you know, they might run, I I was going to make a gamer reference, but nobody would get it. Um, you could probably switch up your lineup throughout the season. You know, teams do do that a lot, you know, when they're in their rebuilding cycle. You know, maybe start off the first game of the season with your lineup. And then, you know, switch to something else and then maybe switch to a third lineup three games in. You know, just try everything at this point. I mean, you don't really get any worse. So you might as well try everything and see what works. 100%. And I think the big thing is obviously health. And that's right. If they are healthy, you might as well throw a bunch of lineups out there. Because uh-huh. let's say that the my starting lineup is winning. Well, if you want to make sure your teams can adjust, throw out different lineups. It's a long season. 
give some guys some rest, give some guys some chances to kind of prove that, like, you guys, like, that the Timberwolves have a deep rotation at this point. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that they do, but I think it is better. Like, adding Tarin Prince and Patrick Beverly is good. It's better than Culver and, I don't know, Jake Lehman playing minutes. I mean. Yeah. And another lineup to consider, like, because I have always thought of Cat more of a, as a more of a four, personally. Mm-hmm. He just kind of. He looks like a four to me, so I think Nas could play the five. Yeah, Nas could play the five, not, and he spreads the floor just as well as Cat. Like he's a big that shoots. Mm-hmm. Like his game is not majorly inside, so I think that is a dangerous lineup as well. And Tarian Prince can play the starting four instead of Jaden McDaniels. Like they have a, several ways that they can go with three through five. I think. Yeah, and I mean Nas is extremely efficient. He's not going to score the ball a ton. I mean he averaged eleven point two a game last season, but fifty two percent from the field when you're a known shooter and shooting 35% from three, so that's going to fluctuate your field goal percentage. His true inside three-point or field goal percentage is probably around 57 58%, which is amazing mm-hmm. for a big. And you pair that yep. with better-than-average outside shooting, and, yeah, he he's definitely formidable. He's a formidable five in the league, and you run Cat at the four. That's just a lot of spacing for your ISO players and Anthony Edwards and uh, D'Angelo Russell to really just go to work and do their thing because you can run a five-out offense pretty comfortably. Yeah, there's, like, in the inside, the, a starting lineup where you go D'Lo, Ant, Bees, Cat, and Nas, there is nobody you're afraid to shoot the ball. Like, you're not scared for anybody to have their ball in their hands. Yeah. With, like, with the shot clock winding down. That's, like, a, po- a positive. You just obviously don't know how well it's going to work with Nas and Cat in there. I don't think they've ever really tried it, to my knowledge. But I'm sure that, I mean, they should. Yeah. Like, like we've said, why not at this point? There's not much. They can't go down. Mm-hmm. There's no going down from here. Now, if – who's the Timberwolves coach? Chris Finch. Chris Finch. If he and the front office choose to run this team permanently for the season, what do you think they have to do to make a play-in game push? Not saying that they will. Not saying that getting to the playoffs is realistic for them. Although I do think they have the talent to do it, what what has to go right for them to make a play-in game push? It sucks to say, but it is 100% health at this point because we barely know what they can do all together at the same time. Because like they all like the big three all missed a similar amount of games, and I'm sure all those games were at the same time. So that's the biggest issue now is if they can't stay healthy then we nobody will ever know that's a Timberwolves fan or a fan of the NBA what they can be, ever. Because they're going to have to break it up. So yeah. the most important point at part of, at this point would be health. And then I would say secondary is like we just talked about is switching lineups around, switching your rotation, working through everything if somebody gets hurt. Because I think adding Pat Bev and Tarian Prince, they have the depth to work through injuries better and with their young players getting better. So it, it is all about rotations and health. I think that's the only two things they have to worry about this year. And then if still it doesn't go right, then you got to blow it up. You got to send some. You got to send two or three people out. Is my yeah. Thought. And uh, I mean, like I said, I agree with you. You seem to know your way around this team pretty well. Uh, I do, however, think that if they want to be successful, they need to acquire some sort of spark plug. Because you think about it, average rotation for an NBA for an NBA playoff game is eight to nine players. Average rotation for a regular season game is ten to eleven players. They can't really reach either of those. 
And nope. with with that, they have good defense on their bench, right? They have Pat Bev and they have Torian Prince. Two, I don't want to say... Kogi. Yeah, and a Kogi. Yeah, three. Oh, my goodness. I, I had a Kogi starting in my mind for some reason. Their defense off the bench is amazing. And if they just had some spark plug to play through when their bench is in, that would be amazing. So here's my next question. If you go the route that I'm saying and acquire a spark plug off the bench, what deal do you form to get that spark plug and who do you go after? Okay. So first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work my way back around here. I think that for the spark plug part, you have to first, if you're the Timberwolves, let's say you run through the first 20, 30 games of regular season and you are trying to push Jalen Noel now whatever as your spark plug. See what happens, right? Like I said, he can shoot. He can he can score decently, especially if you put him in that lineup with, bench lineup with Pat Bev, Akogi, Tarn Prince, and Nas Reed. Uh-huh. So let's say that's what your bench lineup is. So let's say he can be the guy who can get the ball in the hole from three, really get you some points, right? I say you got to try that first because he's still young. But then let's talk the more realistic scenario. That's not it, right? Well, like that's me, me being hopeful where they don't have to move off anybody currently. So let's say through 20 games, 30 games, whatever, that's that's not it. Well, then you're probably going to have to form a package where you throw Noel, a Kogi, and a late first or a second-round pick at a team for somebody like Jordan Clarkson. I mean, he is ideal spark plug at this point. Maybe a little too much spark because he's shooting 30 shots a game. But, like, he's first thought in my mind when I think off the bench, spark plug, definitely going to score, right? Mm-hmm. See, so I don't know. I that mean... I gotta stop you right there. Unfortunately, although I do think Jordan Clarkson would be amazing, I don't think the money will work. Oh no, I don't mean get Jordan Clarkson. I'm just saying like that, like somebody similar to him if you can oh, find. Okay, it. okay, okay, okay. Because they're not getting Jordan Clarkson the Jazz. That's not happening. There's just yeah. no way. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson has found his home. I think for a good yep. amount of time. Uh, but. Yeah, I the the tough thing about this team, right, is that you're paying two people max contracts in Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. And then you have Malik Beasley, who is making fourteen mil, Pat Bev who's making fourteen mil, Torian Prince is making thirteen mil, and Anthony Edwards who's making ten mil. Don't really have any room for uh uh what was I going to say? You don't have any room for additions here. And you don't really have any wiggle room in trade, so you're going to have to make the money match exactly. You're going to have to make it match perfectly. But so, the problem is, these players that are making a lot of money in Patrick Beverly and Torian and Prince, I like what they do. I like what they contribute to the team. You know you know, I really like Torian Prince. But yep. he, unfortunately... That's so much money. Yeah, for them both, it's $27 million. And you're not going to find somebody that... You're not going to find anybody that's going to want to put that money onto their books and get rid of a young asset that would be their spark plug off the bench. But see, the thing is, with my strategy, with having you know the three good defenders off the bench and having a spark plug, you don't have the money to gain that spark plug. So they're in a tough spot here. Because if you wanted to ship out, like, Jaden McDaniels, Jalen Noel, and Jake Lehman, that's only $6 million. 
there's no good spark plugs in this league that I can think of that are only making six million dollars. Unless they're a rookie and they aren't like a proven. Yeah, but the thing about rookies are yet. their their value to their team is so high because of what they can become. And they don't want either. they don't want Jake Lehman, Jaden McDaniels, and Jalen Noel. I mean, shout out to Jalen Noel for averaging nine last season, but no, nobody wants that. Yeah, Why, there's no rookie. There's no team with a rookie that wants that package back. Not yeah. one. I agree. So, you know, in this Western Conference that seems to be slowly fading, but still good, still extremely good conference, you're in a tough spot because you can't really make any splashes. You have to hope and pray that Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Anthony Edwards can all stay healthy through an entire season, which if I'm not mistaken, we have not seen yet. No, we haven't. Not even close. And that's really... They're so close. Like, they're so close to being a good team, and it really does just come down to health. But at what point do you just say, maybe it won't ever happen? Yeah, that's that's what I'm... That's what I've been saying. Like, you gotta give it, like, one more year. Like, a full year, and then you have to blow it up by next All-Star break if they can't stay healthy. Or it just doesn't work. And I'm much more leaning towards the not staying healthy part because i don't see any reason that those four don't work together like there would be no reason for that because uh three bees d and cat all shoot above 38 percent from the three-point line uh they all move the ball well and anthony edwards is just everywhere i mean he can do anything with the ball offensively so he plugs right in with them so there's no reason it wouldn't work outside of health unless they are just like it's just something i cannot foresee so, yeah, if they can't stay healthy for this next year, it's over. Like, D- I would say D'Lo and Beasley got to go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll, I'll wrap it up with one, with one final discussion topic for us to take, however long it takes. If you had to choose one, like, blockbuster trade that you think would make the Timberwolves better, what do you think it would be? Like, an absolute... Throw realism out the window. Or, okay, no. Don't throw realism out the window, in a sense. What? What what were you saying, Gert? No, I said, yeah, you gotta keep it real. Yeah, we we have to keep it real, but at the same time, don't be hyper-realistic. What is, like, a splash of a trade, a blockbuster trade, that you could maybe see happen? Give me a minute. I'm 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 gonna run through my brain here real quick. In my opinion, personally, you go ahead. I'm gonna think for a minute. I think it's gotta be because you look up and down the league, right? Nobody's really wanting to get rid of their players, but you have the Phoenix Suns who just came off a finals loss. Maybe, just maybe, if they don't succeed this season and they don't get back to the finals, they get knocked out in the first or second round. You know, we're going theoreticals here. Would it be crazy to call up the Suns, if you're, if you're the Timberwolves front office, and offer Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, and maybe, like, Josh Akogi and a pick for, like, Devin Booker and Dario Sarge? Because think about it, 
Cat, D'Angelo Russell, and Devin Booker, they're like the three best friends, right? You know, they all they all love each other. They're really good yep. friends. And that would be an absolute vicious big three on the court. Yep. Is that in the realm of possibility, you think? I think so. But it kind of stands to reason. Well, actually, no, because we're talking if it doesn't stay healthy. Never mind, never mind. Forget I said something. But yeah, I like it because it's always been a conversation to bring him book over to the Timberwolves. Like, always in the back, people are real Timberwolves. There's always some sort of rumor about it. But it obviously wasn't going to happen when they're making a finals run, right? And they made a very good play and push last year that. That was out for a little bit. But, yes, if they fall again, then, yeah, there's a huge possibility of that. But I would say what I would try to do if I was the Timberwolves is if it doesn't work again, I would say you got to ship D'Lo off. I love him, but he's the most health-stricken of them all. and He's he's the Achilles heel of this team. Yeah, He's 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 either going to bring you up or he's going to take you down. Yep, because he is the like most unhealthy, and he's arguably the most important because he is who has the ball in his hands. Like, who else are they going to have bring up the ball confidently? Like, they need him to be in the game. Mm-hmm. That's the Big only reason. Great. Like, he they needed him in. Yeah. So, I would say they've got to pursue somebody like I almost want to say Shea, that's younger and just as good, but he is coming off injury as well, so that kind of. Makes brings in the same scenario possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think here. I'm trying to think of guards that are very comparable. Like I was thinking, wise. maybe a Ben Simmons trade. It's just I'm I'm really big on the Ben Simmons train. If you guys haven't been able to dissect that yet, haven't been able to comprehend that, I'm big on Ben Simmons. I think he's a very good player. I think he, I think he still is going to be amazing, have an amazing career. And he would fit this team extremely well, considering you yeah, have shooters only, all around him. Yeah, that's the only reason I'm cool with the Ben Simmons trades now. I wasn't cool pre-draft last year because they would have had to give up Beasley or D'Lo, and then it's just pointless at that point. Or the pick. Uh, or both. Like, they would have had to give up the pick and a mix of one of them because he was his stock was even higher last year for people. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, at this point, Toss him over if you want to get rid of Bees or D'Lo because now you have Ant and one of the other and Cat. So, like, it definitely works now. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think also. You almost want a veteran guard that's healthy, too, all the time, though. Yeah, another another name that crossed my mind maybe was Russell Westbrook. Um, I don't really know how it would work with that team. I say that, but then again, he seems to make his teammates around him better, and he seems to really mesh into any roster given. We'll see if that yep. can apply to this season with the Lakers, but, I mean, Russell or, Westbrook is a good option. Alonzo Ball would be a good option, too. Obviously, he's not going anywhere anytime soon with the Bulls, but that's another good option. He stays healthy now, and he is just getting better, honestly. Yeah. I'm big like on Alonzo Ball per, train, like a, too. Yeah, that's another ideal fit. So... I don't know. The Timberwolves are probably in the toughest spot that we've dissected so far, honestly. Like, yeah. And, it, you know, there's a reoccurring theme with these teams that we're going through. They're stuck in a spot where they can either keep the integrity of their team, but the future doesn't look, the future looks bleak for them. But you're in a, 
sorry about that. You're in a position where if you blow it up, then there's really no path to go. They're honestly a, in just a waiting game. Yeah, every team that we've dissected is in that game. Yeah, uh, waiting to see if they can be healthy better. with the Timberwolves, and then you're waiting to see if they can develop with the Hornets and the Pistons. It's. I feel like there's so many teams. Like you know, we've in private talks outside of the podcast, we've laid out what five teams. We got two more to talk about. There's yeah. so many more that are in tough spots. Oh yeah. Like like the more you think about, it, there is like maybe twelve teams out of the thirty that are so, like set. That aren't in a spot that is bad. Currently. Yeah. Not even bad, but just like they are not stuck in the mud at all. Yeah. They know where they can go and they know what they can do to get out of a spot and still be good. Yeah. Like they. And the problem like is so many... people are making too much money. Like yep. it's hard to form these trades because the value doesn't equal the pay. A lot of people are getting paid now because of what they're expected to do in the future years. So it's really hard to make money match on trades. Yeah, that's when you told me that Pat Bev and Tarian Prince, like when you said that they were making twenty seven mil, I didn't know that. So yeah, that twenty seven mil together. So it's fourteen yeah, mil yeah, Pat. Yeah. 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 Once you said that, that was it for me as far as moving people. Mm-hmm. I mean They brought him in they I brought would... him in for the defense off the bench, but the problem is if you want to touch up elsewhere, you gotta get rid of them, but then that defeats the mission you were going after in the first place with getting your uh your bench to be a good defensive unit. Yep. I would say the only thing the Timberwolves can do this year, honestly, is right. rely on health <laughs> and see what happens because you have the young dudes off the bench that you can hope turn into spark plugs and you have the defense. Like, you don't want to, because like you said, you can't toss out the defense because then you're just screwed. Like, they don't have a ton of defense on the team, anyways. Like yeah. They have some solid defense, but it's not like overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But with the bench guys that we've talked about, those three, it is overwhelming. So you have to keep them. Yeah. So. I would say, yeah, they are they are in a run it up year and see what happens. Yeah, they are just in a in a spot where they gotta run it. If it works, dope. If it don't, back to the drawing board. They have one of the better young rosters in the West. I mean, it's pretty obvious. So yeah, and the like we said, the West is a little declining. So there, it is a perfect position for them to sneak up to the ten right now. Yeah, when it comes to timing, it. It, it's perfect for them. They just yep. have to mesh it out and hope they're healthy. Because mm, once because once the West that. builds back up and they have the same team, it's it's over. They're gonna be right back to winning twenty, twenty five games. Yep. So Oh, sorry, what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say this team can weather good West teams, but it would be much more of a grind than yep. like later than it is gonna be right now. Yep. Alright. So I lied about wrapping it up with one topic. I promise this is the last one. Wrapping up the show, tell me what you think their record is going to be. What do you predict for the 2021-2022 Minnesota Timberwolves? Okay, so this is going to be like my Hornets take and my Pistons take. Let's say all health, no problems, right? Yeah, we're we're assuming they can be healthy here, which kind of defeats the purpose for this team because that's that's all they need is health. But we got yeah. we got to be consistent. So yeah, stick to the right ideal. Then. They're going to be healthy. Okay, so I would say that max, like absolute max amount of games they win, 45. Like, everything goes right, 45 wins. I think that's very attainable for their roster currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say 
what I really think is going to happen, probably 38. Okay. Honestly. Okay. I think they'll win 38, 40 games and maybe sneak into the 10, depending on how the last five to seven teams of the West play out. Fair. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fair. Um, what what was their record last year? You know, they won less than thirty. I'm almost positive. Hold on. You you keep saying what you think their record's okay. gonna be. In my opinion, I forgot. I already forgot how many games they're gonna play this season. I know it's not eighty-two. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna assume it's an eighty-two one. Uh, I know I know they're not playing eighty-two, but I forgot the legit number. So, I think. If they were to play an 82 game season, I think 31 and 51 is where they're at with it. Got it. Uh, I think potentially you could see like a 35 and what would that be? 57 or 47? Uh, 35 and 47. Yeah. Actually, that's my bet. 35 Wait. and 47. Wait, did you say 72 games? 82. Okay, yeah, 82. Yeah, 47. Yeah, 35 and 47, I think, is a perfect number for them. That's assuming they stay healthy. Will they? We never know. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think 35 wins for the talent on this roster is definitely easily obtainable. I try, I try to be a little lower when I give predictions because I know NBA, everybody's good nowadays. So the teams that should do good, they aren't necessarily going to do good. The teams that you want to be bad, like the Hawks last season, turn out to be Eastern Conference finalists. So and you never really know like, in the NBA because everything is so level. Yep, and the NBA is starting to turn into like an NFL or MLB where like teams get hot now, and that matters. That used to not matter as much in the NBA, but it matters a ton now. Yep. Because like everybody can shoot, so if a team gets hot, that is massive. Like they can, they can overplay what they really are easily. Yep. Yep. Uh, the record last year, by the way, twenty three and forty nine. So, Ooh, yep, not, under thirty. Not too hot. But yeah, I think thirty five and forty seven is a perfect number for him. You said forty five. I would love to see that. It. A- I would. Absolute max forty five. I think really thirty eight. Absolutely love to see that, dude. That would be fantastic to see from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, because they'd be so fun to watch doing it. Like they are a, on paper, they are such a fun team to look at. And if they were winning 45 games, that means they're probably in the playoffs, and they'd be a hell of a playoff team to watch. Like D'Lo in Brooklyn, uh, that year they made the playoffs, he pretty much carried them. That was so entertaining. Yep, I agree. Like, he's a perfect playoff guard. Yep. And with that so. being said, guys, I think that's going to wrap up the episode. Thank you guys for tuning in to this eighth installment of the Press Breaker Podcast. We appreciate you coming out. We appreciate you listening every week. We appreciate the support you show us on the socials. Speaking of socials, follow us on Twitter at press underscore breaker. Follow me on Twitter at arsonxl. Follow all you need to know, the socials. Uh, that'll be – you're on the all you need to know page. You know their socials. Go follow them. Just do it. Just do it. Hey, just do it. Do it. And uh, next week – I don't know what team we're doing next week. You want to decide that right now? Let's do it. We did it last right. week. We decided so what team we were doing this week. On our list that we have left, we have Cavs, Rockets. Do you want to do one of them, or do you want to pull a new team in? Um, uh, let's pull a new team in. Okay. After a suggestion from when we were in Discord the other night, heard the Spurs or the Thunder tossed at us. 
You know? What do you think about it? I picked I picked last week. I'll let you pick. Cavs, Spurs, or uh Thunder. Which one do you want to do? I kind of want to go into the Spurs because I'm not like super knowledgeable on them, so I kind of want to see what I can figure out about them. You know, I kind of want to like go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm down. We yeah, we can. It. Yeah, because I don't know a lot about the Spurs either. They're the least watched team in the NBA. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's go into the Spurs. Catch us back right. here next week, guys. Press Breaker Podcast number nine. We'll be dissecting the San Antonio Spurs. Hopefully, we're in person. If not, it'll be another virtual. And, uh, yeah, guys. Be safe. Thanks for coming out, and we'll see you next week.